Hello Zimbabwe and welcome to Live Talk. We are coming to you live from Studio 7 at the Voice of America in Washington. I am your host, Taboka Ngubem. Tonight we are discussing the new year 2024, which begins this Monday amidst a subdued economic outlook for Zimbabwe and drought that will leave 2.7 million people needing humanitarian assistance. But first, let's take a look at what's happening in other parts of the world. 2023 demolished temperatures, temperature records worldwide. It was the hottest year on record, and some scientists say the hottest in 125,000 years. Those supercharged temperatures helped drive a series of climate disasters around the world. VOA Steve Paragona has a look back. Wildfires in Canada, flooding in Libya. Two disasters in a year of weather extremes. 2023 will go down as the hottest year on record. Every month from June through November was the hottest for that time of year. July 2023 was the warmest July on record for the globe. And it was the warmest July by a long shot. September's global temperatures were so much hotter than normal that one climate scientist called them absolutely gobsmackingly bananas. Relentless heating from human-driven climate change, plus the periodic global weather phenomenon known as El Nino, drove extreme weather around the world. So we know with this extra heat in the atmosphere, it brings with it extra energy, which means um, we get more intense extreme events. Not every bout of bad weather is due to climate change. But climate scientists with the World Weather Attribution website found the fingerprints of global warming on these weather disasters. In April, Thailand and Laos broke all-time high temperature records. Scientists say that heat wave was nearly impossible without climate change. The Western Mediterranean shattered temperature records that month in a heat wave made 100 times more likely. Southern Europe roasted again in July. So did China and the United States-Mexico border region. The southwestern U.S. city of Phoenix logged 31 days over 43.3 degrees Celsius, or 110 Fahrenheit. That's a record. This is not a record anyone wanted to break, but it's definitely one that people in Phoenix are not happy about. The intensity of these heat waves was almost impossible without climate change, according to World Weather Attribution. But on today's hotter planet, we can expect them every 5, 10, or 15 years. Higher temperatures dry out soils and vegetation faster. That helped make the record-breaking wildfires that ravaged eastern Canada this year at least seven times more likely and 50% more intense. That's also what amplified the severe droughts in Syria, Iraq, and Iran, and the food security crisis in Somalia and the rest of the Horn of Africa. Both were made at least 100 times more likely. Although Somalia makes virtually no contribution to climate change, the Somalis are among the greatest victims. Climate change intensifies droughts, but also floods, because warmer air holds more water, which means heavier rainstorms, like the one that burst dams in Libya in September and killed thousands. The World Weather Attribution Team says it was 50 times more likely and 50% more intense than it would have been without climate change. 
and November's torrential rains in the Horn of Africa were about twice as intense. Already the drought has brought many people in the area to the brink of what they are able to deal with, and this now followed by, by floods really shows the limits of what people can adapt to are really not far off in, in many parts of the world. And as long as we are keeping burning fossil fuels, these things will happen again and again and again. Forecasters say El Nino probably will taper off around the middle of next year. But there's no sign that climate change is letting up. As we continue to warm the planet, weather that used to be extreme is happening more and more often. Steve Barragona, VOA News. In Belarus, a very close ally of Zimbabwe, such as targeting 2020 presidential election observers have been underway for days. These former observers are under watch and their phones are being inspected and the government has issued warnings about potential criminal charges for promoting extremist activity. Maxim Adams has the story. Shortly after Belarus' presidential vote in August 2020, a wave of protests shook the country. Tens of thousands of people took to the streets against the election of authoritarian President Alexander Lukashenko, claiming the results were falsified and calling for his ouster. By mid-November 2020, police had detained over 25,000 people, according to Human Rights Watch. Three years later, in December 2023, individuals who worked as observers during the 2020 presidential elections have been subject to searches. According to Belarusian Human Rights Center Visna, the State Security Committee is behind the campaign. Human rights activists say those who worked as election observers have had their phones inspected and are being warned about potential criminal charges for, quote, promoting extremist activity. Opposition members believe these intimidation attempts are directly linked to the 2020 elections. It's a known and quite a standard intimidation tactic. Parliamentary elections are scheduled to be held in Belarus in February, and we obviously call them elections without a choice. We've initiated a campaign of so-called civil disobedience. We encourage Belarusians not to vote and not take part in that farce. The Belarusian Security Commission did not respond to VOA's request for comment. In late November, the homes of several opposition figures, coordination council members and their relatives were subject to searches. Belarus Investigative Committee said the searches were part of a criminal investigation into the activities of the coordination council and confirmed there were more than 100 suspects. Lukashenko plans to organize the so-called elections, but it would be more accurate to call it the day of deputy and parliament appointments. Lukashenko will himself decide who will be in the new parliament and who of his people will be in city councils. He understands the society's mood hasn't changed, and that makes him uneasy. In anticipation of the February elections, Belarus has set up nearly 1,400 territorial and precinct election commissions. But authorities have not yet made the list of members public. The country's Central Electoral Commission says it is protecting members' personal data. Since the protests that followed the 2020 elections, all opposition and independent parties have been essentially liquidated, and many party leaders are in prison. 
And also the Israel-Hamas conflict and Russia's invasion of Ukraine have made Belarus' political agenda less prominent. Its opposition leaders are working hard to make sure the world still pays attention. I think a strategic dialogue has been established with the United States that will continue in future years. And particularly between the Belarusian democracy movement and the U.S. Department of State. Uh, this is a very progressive step, and it's something that was not necessarily expected at the beginning of the year, because the United States seemed to be completely focused on Ukraine and not giving much attention to Belarus. In December, U.S. Senator Jean Shaheen introduced the bipartisan Belarus Democracy, Human Rights and Sovereignty Act of 2023. The bill would condemn Lukashenko's support for Russia's invasion of Ukraine, recognize Svetlana Tikhanovskaya as the democratic leader of Belarus, and pledge to support Belarus' independent media outlets. The bill also includes a provision to establish a special envoy for Belarus. Maxim Adams, VOA News, Washington. Thank you, Maxim, for the support. When we are told only part of the story, we lose trust. In moments of crisis, our dreams, hopes, and wishes for a better tomorrow depend on a free press. At Voice of America, we bring you the stories that people take risks to see. We connect the world and unite it with truth. At Voice of America, we show you the whole picture. For those that have just joined us, Please note that we are streaming uh, this discussion live on our Facebook pages, VOA Shona, VOA Studio 7, and VOA Indebelem. We are also live on YouTube, VOA Zimbabwe. Tonight, we are talking about the outlook for 2024, which begins Monday, and what the year is likely to bring for Zimbabweans who battle a number of problems this ending year. These include unemployment, high prices, and incessant uh, power outages. Already, the World Bank has said Zimbabwe's economic growth will slow down to 3.5 percent in 2024, against the government's ambition a projection of 4.5 percent. Commentators say the economic situation will be worsened by drought, which will leave close to 3 million Zimbabweans in need of food aid. To discuss this topic, we are joined on the phone by Mtabi Singwenya, a disability rights activist, and Lavson Tapiwa Gopo, a social commentator and entrepreneur. Welcome to Live Talk, gentlemen. Thank you. Hello. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, I'll, start with, I'll start with you, uh, Lavson. Looking at uh, the year 2023, uh, just um, a short, uh, a brief uh, explanation of uh, how you saw the year, how you can you viewed uh, the year 2023. Looking at uh, the social issues in Zimbabwe and even uh, the economic uh, situation in Zimbabwe. 
Ah, okay, thank you. Uh, looking at 2023 in retrospect, I'd say the year has been uh, full of mixed fortune, eh? Uh, people have been chasing the dollar, while the dollar itself has been chasing the wind. <laughs> we have seen uh, a runaway rate, a change rate uh, between the dollar and the US dollar from the beginning of the year. But, well, thankfully, it sort of, sort of stabilized uh, in the later half of the year. And, uh, you know, people continue to, to be enterprising sales and supplement their incomes. You know, you find people in the workplaces selling uh, some clothes here, selling maputi or donuts there, or even chicken to ensure that they supplement uh, whatever uh, earnings they get uh, and feed their families. Uh, of course, uh, some have also uh, secured the much sought after COS and we have to relocate to other countries uh, to, to try and uh, uh, search for a better, better living, greener pastures. Uh, and then another major highlight of the year, of course, will be elections. We only that with elections uh, in August. Uh, now it is uh, coming gone, or well, maybe not quite completely yet. But generally, the majority of the people, I believe, have uh, retired back now to their usual daily grind, hoping for all the best, you know, moving forward. Um, and then uh, you can't uh, mention 2023 without mentioning, obviously, the, the issue of the drug scourge, uh, you know, issues issue of drug abuse, um, substance abuse that were very topical during the year. And uh, it is just reassuring to, to note that at least all stakeholders, many stakeholders, the police, government, churches, educational institutions, and the society at large, have all put their heads together and you know, recognize the need to all work together and eliminate this menace. Then, uh, fast forward now to the end of the year, uh, you know, almost everybody has got, has got onto the festive mood uh, of the, you know, Christmas, Christmas and the New Year celebrations, uh, you know. Uh, this year, I saw so many people traveling to their different rural areas and other places to be with family and, uh, you know, generally to get some retreats from the very event for years. I know, of course, January is waiting just around the corner, you know, uh, to those who may have overspent, you know, during this, uh, this period uh, and eating to their range money, coffee, and so forth. Yeah, and then lastly, maybe we pray for those who may have lost their loved ones to accidents, road accidents, and other causes. Uh, you know, it has been tough here for many people, uh, but uh, we hope that uh, people will recover and, uh, you know, look uh, 2024 uh, into the eye and act into it uh, with hope. Thank you, uh, Love Sona. Coming to you, Mtavisi, as someone who is concerned about the well-being of uh, the disabled, how do you view the year 2023? Uh, uh, I think the year 2023 was a challenging year especially that the country was facing elections and at the same time there was a economic decline. So it meant that people were now focusing more on the elections and focusing on feeding their own families. So it was very difficult. Basically I would say it was a survival of the future. 
So now looking at the side of the disabled people, those challenges, it was very difficult to compete in everything, even those who were involved in activities trying to make a meet. So it was a bit challenging to compete with the everybody in everything uh, that was being done. So the year was not uh, played on the level ground between uh, the two categories. So it was a challenging year for them. And now we're looking at the future 2024, uh, now that uh, currently there are no enough rains in the country. So it means that we are facing more challenges to come in the current situation whereby you are having the recalling of people with re-elections and everything. So people now are more focused on the political side of the of the situation rather than the economic and the empowerment of people with disabilities. So now they are facing a difficult situation as we are still anticipating and hoping that maybe as the year progresses and if we might receive some rains and these other things stabilizes, maybe it's going to be better. But now the future is not really bright. So that's how we are facing it. Thank you there, um, Tabisi. E, Tizokere kwa muri eva kopo. Tanzwa mtawisi achitarisa nyaya zakatarisa na neva kare mara. E, achitarisa shikare mkorera 2024. Tichi tarisa mamiriro akaita munyika. E, chii chamunga tarisira mkorera 2024. E, Tinga pange pachiwane kwa shanduko ya kana kaere. Uyeze e, kana panesha kana kashingawa po ndezipi. Kanaka, <laughs> え、あかこせら、こう、ちょっと言うれしいで、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で
Looking at the year 2024, um, what uh, plans are there, especially for the disabled community, uh, looking at the wider spectrum in uh, Zimbabwe and also looking at um, your own experiences and uh, what you are looking forward to achieve in the year 2024 as you fight for rights for the disabled? Okay, thank you, thank you. Uh, we are looking at doing more of campaign and awareness activities in the year 2024. We expect that if we engage more players in the field, maybe things are going to be better. Uh, we are also focusing on capacitating and empowering uh, the traditional leaders especially on my side and based in the rural area. So we want to involve more of the leaders in helping people with different challenges, often the elderly, disabled and the like, so that they are also empowered. Usually they live on little handouts from NGOs and the like. But this time we want to make the community involved in helping them uh, through those activities which are done in the community. The family that can be given land, to be involved in family, involved in everything. Even the educational activities that can be involved to be given positions in schools so that they feel that they are part of the community. Then uh, that way, I think they will be Thank you. Um, coming back to you, uh, Lafson, you mentioned earlier one of the big challenges that we have in Zimbabwe, which is uh, the drug pro problem that we are facing. Uh, what's your take on uh, this issue in terms of uh, what are the main causes and uh, really where do we need to focus on as a country? Okay, uh, so there are basically so many causes to this scourge of having uh, substance abuse, uh, where you find that depending on uh, who is particularly affected, you find that uh, if you look at uh, the youth, for example, uh, trying to escape from the uh, realities that they are facing, um, where, for example, at home things are not are not well. Uh, parents are struggling to make ends meet. They sent into uh, to, to schools, to universities, and they they don't have uh, you know what the resources that they require uh, daily. Uh, some have to struggle to find accommodation. Uh, the uh, the the digital tools that they require to do their schoolwork and things like that and. Uh, as a result, they end up peddling drugs, uh, some, uh, you know, uh, abusing uh, those drugs. 
uh, and some are fighting mental health challenges uh, due to you know, these different causes. Uh, some having to maybe get into prostitution and things like that to try and make a living uh, while in school, uh, in universities, uh, in college, and stuff like that. And in the end, maybe they may contract, uh, you know, uh, STIs and so forth. And the cocktail of all those problems are causing to end up, you know, uh, abusing substances to try and escape those realities. Uh, and for some, it's just maybe uh, for recreational purposes and stuff like that. Uh, maybe it looks cool because their friends are doing that, and sometimes they think it's harmless, you know, vaping and stuff, not knowing that maybe they're slowly getting into the hardcore stuff uh, uh, bit, uh, bit by bit. So those are some of the situations that we face uh, regarding the uh, issue of drug and substance abuse. Thank you. Um... Ntabisi, um, looking at uh, this issue around uh, drug abuse, we see a situation where uh, some people take drugs because they are running away from uh, challenges. And then we also see a situation where uh, these are recreational and then at the end of the day, someone is uh, hooked up. Looking at uh, people uh, in rural areas, are we facing the same challenge uh, in Zimbabwe? That we challenge everywhere in Zimbabwe. People are abusing those drugs, especially the youth. They are getting more into those things as a way of just occupying themselves, just to live this place. So it is a challenge everywhere in the country, in rural areas, and it is in rural areas because. Uh, awareness campaigns are not being done as they are done in urban centers, even the services to help those people to come out of those drugs. There are no rehabilitation services which are enough compared to urban centers. So it's a really big challenge. And even the way people view those things, they associate the, those things. With the craft and everything, they don't really understand what exactly is happening, what causes that rise, that increase in drug abuse. So it's more of being aligned with this, being possessed with the traditional, those traditional things, with someone who is in the life, not the one which drives you to those drugs. Thank you. Um, ti tsoke kwa muri wakopo. Tichitari sakuti tawaku pinda pa weekend ya tinenge vanu vachipemberira kutanga kwe koreza. Nde api mashoko amungada kusira vanu panguwa iye ya kupemberira kutanga kwe kore? Dinangoti nini fari fari tindiki. Wanungawa safari isi. Galafara, Sindawata Fayeti, Timona Kajin, Jim Kufara Kunuit Koba, Mimbiru, the Pinam Goreja, Ramon Bavas, Yanak Puri Damir, Ramos Sukapa Kutapa, Zakanya, Uskapa Kurana, Kimananima Timon, Muskadar, Ramon of Sukapaku, Pakuta Ushamari, who was up in the Natai Sireva, who was a Pitmana or Nikiwa. Writers, 
Zakana Kalanga <laughs> Let me take this opportunity to thank uh, Loveson and uh, Mtabisi for joining us uh, tonight. Uh, that brings us to the end of our show. Signing off in Washington, I am Tabokan Nguve.